How are we doing folks? Welcome to another episode of Yogi Dave's Hobby Podcast. This is podcast number 8. Um, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, uh, it's all about um, tabletop gaming. So tabletop RPGs, board games and board games and skirmish games. At the moment, I don't talk about collectible card games because it's not something I'm really interested in. But um, if there comes an interest, I will get somebody to come in and talk about it. Now, I sometimes have coherent episodes where I talk basically about the same thing for an hour and a bit, um, and then I have just rambly, rambly, rambly podcasts that I just talk and talk and talk. Um, so, you know, if you first listened to a um, episode where you know I have had a coherent um, message or theme to the podcast and then come and listen to all the other ones, it's not because I'm not going to do more of them, it's just because you know, at that particular time when I'm doing that podcast, I've not actually thought about it um, so um, I'm actually going to have a, a bit of a coherent um, coherency to this um, podcast, it's going to be about wargaming, now um, those of you who, who know me fairly well. No, I've been I've been gaming for thirty years, but you know, um I've been seriously involved in the hobby for about twenty years to twenty five years. Um I've been a member of the Glasgow District War Gamers Club for more than twenty years. Um I've been a member of the Falcon District War Gamers Club I think for five years now. Um so I'm a fairly serious wargamer. I've been I've never really had a period where I have stopped playing. I know a lot of players that, you know, they have kids and they don't have time to do it. You know, they don't have time to paint, they don't have time to play. Um, but, you know, up until this point, don't have any kids. Um, and, you know, what kind of stopped me from gaming and little bits, little fits and starts at points, but it's not, like, completely taken me away from it because I've not been not painting or not been not reading rules or that kind of thing so you know I'm a fairly consistent gamer for at least 20 years, probably 25 um, but I have been gaming for 30. I used to play on a Sunday afternoon at my grand's with my older brother and younger brother and we would play 40k Space Marine and um, Warhammer I think it was Warhammer 3rd edition Um you know, we played 40k in the first couple of editions, and then we played Epic Space Marine, which, um, if you're as old as me, you will remember, or a wee bit older than me, you remember because it was the ones where you get the first game, well, that isn't actually the first game where you get a lot of Titans, um, it's the second game, because the original Adeptus Titanicus was the original Epic, um, and then they added the first edition of Space Marine, um, which I do have the rules for. Um, I do also have the rules for Adeptus Titanicus, the original, um, sitting in my mum and dad's, which I need to get from there, actually. I have a wee read. Um, but um, I got into in the second edition, which was essentially the um, second edition of Space Marine is them really, really ramping up the building into 40k, rather than having it more Horace Heresy era-ish um, 
this is before, you know, obviously Games Workshop added the Dirty K system years and years ago. Uh, it is because, you know, in the Dips Titanicus you had, you didn't really have traitors. You didn't really have Chaos Space Marines, you had Traitor Marines, but they also had Eldar and they had Squats and they what was the precursor to the Imperial Guard, which was the Imperial Army. Um, excuse me. Um, and obviously, you know, you had Beastmen on both sides, you had Ogrine on both sides, you know. There was a whole load of um, different things, and obviously, this is pre Dark Eldar, pre. Um, Necrons, pre Tau, pre everything, but you know, they didn't even have Tyranids in Epic 40 in um, Space Marine until they started doing Epic 40k, which is Epic 40,000 when they brought out the big Imperator Titan thing. Um, for I can't remember the supplement it was for, actually, off the top of my head, but um, essentially, Space Marine was the third. Um, game, the third main game I mean they always seem to have uh, for a certain period of time Games Workshop, like a third game um, which ran along with Warhammer and Warhammer 40k um, and for a very long time it was that epic space money um, it would be in White Dwarf, you would have all the you know, because I, I bought White Dwarf from, well my dad got White Dwarf actually, um, for many years and then I started getting White Dwarf um, when I was a wee bit older um, so you know we would get all this stuff in you know um, the, the the magazines but then they'd have they'd release a magazine uh, uh, like a a compilation of all of the the articles they did that for Road Trader as well see all the Warhammer um, 40k um, articles from White Wolf they would put them in a compendium or a compilation book um, so you could buy it and rather than having to go through all these these books to go get your army stuff um, multiple books, you know, multiple white dwarfs um, sorry, I had to um, go answer the door there, that's why there was a bit of a jump in that thought um, which was really good um, but also see in the with the Space Marine Epic Space Marine you, it was cards that you know, you sorted out your formations, so you know you had a company and you had a certain amount of um, like support cards, support unit cards, um, very much like how um, they set up the 40k formations nowadays. So you know, you've got your main formation, which is your battalion or your brigade or whatever it is, and then you've got multiple um, support formations. Um, that was very much how um, Epic 40k. Or Epic Space Marine um, and Titan Legions. I think oh, Titan Legions was the the second um, big supplement to that, um, which is where you get the Imperator Titan, which I never got. Um, and that's where, that's where Knights first were brought about. Um, if you look at Epic Knights, they look similar to what they do now, but not entirely like they do now. Um, and you know it, it was quite entertaining that game because it was different from 40k in that you centimeters rather than inches um, so 
but you, you were able to use massive formations of you know we could play big big games um, because we had I think at one point between me and my dad and my brothers we had every single option you could get for every single army um, apart from maybe titans gargants and what have you um, my dad played elder because he plays elder because apparently he, he, he wants to be he is that kind of gamer sometimes he's annoying as fuck um, when you play him sometimes because of the elder the way the elder play it's you know it's a winner's army sometimes but in, in different versions of the game anyway um, but you know I was always Space Marines and Imperial Guard and Space Wolves and Imperial Guard let's be honest I've always been a Space Wolf player always will be a Space Wolf player um, but you know um, that is the first real period in which I gamed regularly and then obviously I moved on to the Wargaming Club um, where I had visited a few times and I'd picked up stuff like Battletech and Star Trek and um, Combat Simulator from FASA and various other things Like I was still very at much at that point a uh, um, non-historical gamer um, it wasn't until I was about 14 or 15 or 16 or something like that. I can't remember I think I might have just started work um, when I started doing historical stuff um, but um, you know obviously at this point I'm playing Warhammer, I'm playing Space Marine, I'm playing Imperial um, 40k I'm playing Battletech, I'm playing Star Trek you know I'm doing Necromunda I'm doing Mordheim I'm doing loads of, loads of like non-historical gaming um, and then I'd move on to historicals where I did um, like ancients so I'd play Vikings or Egyptians or you know and then I started doing Napoleonic stuff and then World War 2 um, where I played Russians um, and 20 mil doing Command Decision you know so I have played a great number of rules over the years um, and sometimes that can be a bit detrimental for me because I forget the rules um, I don't play them often enough it's, I, I, I do say a lot of the time um, I'm not a competition gamer because I'm not a big fan of actually doing competitions um, unless you know they're going to be fun it's not everyone's out absolutely out to win every single game without having fun I can't abide that um, I can't do it um, it's not how I play um, I play to have fun um, I do play to win don't get me wrong but I play to have fun as well um, but at the same time the reason I don't play in most competitions is most of the players I play in competitions are you know this is the only game that they play or one of very few games that they play I unfortunately have uh, or fortunately yeah, sometimes I think um, I have uh, I want to play lots and lots of stuff because I want to have lots and lots of fun I don't want to get stuck in the mud in a game um, so you know I play I mean 
in the last year or two, I have played probably 20 different systems um, over the space of a year. Um, or over the space of two years, I probably played 20 different systems. Um, and that it can be a bit detrimental to you, but you know, the thing that you have to do, and this is this is coming from my game yesterday, is to not just sit down and read the set rules once. Sit down and read the set rules a couple of times before you play a game. Um, because I was playing Infinity yesterday um, and basically forgot all the rules. Uh, because it has been ages since I played it. And I'm rolling, I'm rolling dice, so I've rolled three dice and I've scored three hits. But my opponent has got inside his armour requirement or his dodge requirement and beat all of my um, beat all of my attacks and I'm like well how, how have I not got any hits he's like oh because I've matched or beat even though I've only rolled one dice you've rolled three I've matched or beat your roll and I'm like well hmm that seems a wee bit hinky to me that, that particular roll and he's like well but, but it was actually shooting back at me um, so I've fired three dice from a Scots Grace and his sniper from I think it was the Nomads I can't remember um, has fired back he's rolled one dice I've rolled three I've hit three times but they're all lower than his hit and because he's got his hit and it's higher than mine it cancels all mine out now that mechanic Mm, seems a bit hinky to me in my brain, but then again, when I actually think about it, no, that makes sense. Um, so he's fired quicker than me and had the reaction time to be able to make sure I miss or hit me and kill me before I've actually got a, 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 like with a trigger on the way up or, or something like that. You know, when, when I actually sit and think about it. I can think of the logic of it, but it's still a wee bit. It still makes me think a wee bit like, and mm, really need to sit and read the rules and figure out um, what, how I would play a game with them, um, because I obviously chosen Caledonians to do Infinity, um, and Caledonians have no BTS and no and very little armor. Which means you know they're susceptible to a lot of different things, um, so they're. I'm looking at it. I think they're probably the most challenging um, force to take in the entire set of rules to win a game. But you know, I think when you do win a game with them, it's going to be all the much sweeter because they're so difficult to play with. I find that that is sometimes what you get with a game is the more difficult is to win a game with that particular force the sweeter that it is to win I mean in uh, my awful I use 10 thunders and I use guild uh, and there's easy ways of making 10 thunders and guild crews unbeatable um, there's easy ways of making them very beatable but you know uh, <laughs> that's so I have found out myself um, in competition but you know when I've played in competitions, I'll be honest with you, the days where I've got absolute pummelings have been days where I have won very... Well, I've only played two tournaments, 
So the first one, basically I played two of the best in the country and got beat badly. Um, and then I played a couple of other players. I mean, I only beat one person in the first game, in the first tournament, but um, it was... <laughs> That was made sweet by the fact that it's a guy that I play at, regu- played regularly at the Falco Club who I'd never beat before. Playing Malfo. I'd only ever get draws or get my butt handed to me by him. <coughs> but my crew, for some reason, was just too <laughs> too much for him to deal with. Um, and they beat him. Um, but then I played in the second um Second year I did it. First game I beat somebody, I think. I think it might have actually been him um, in my first game. And then I played one guy who's really good. And hadn't re- I hadn't really read, read the scenarios properly, so I didn't figure that, oh no, I need to change things up a wee bit. Um, and then the third one, I played a guy who kind of soured the day for me. Because he was a bit of a fucking tool. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, so I was going to get victory points. Because I had let his um, guy kill one of my guys. Because he he was um, framed for murder. Um, which was one of the stra- uh, schemes. Um, but... Um, he's like, oh no, I'll do it this, so that's... I'd already revealed the fact that I had that um, that scheme. So, in my mind, it should have went, right, okay, so you, you've, you've not made the decision to beat me. Or you've not made the decision already to cheat. Um, so, therefore... You should to to stop me from getting this, so therefore I should be getting the points. But it's like, oh no, no, I'm cheating that, so I don't beat you as badly, and you don't die right away, so I don't, so you don't get the victory points. That's such a fucking douchebag move. It's like it's a fucking game. But I understand, you know, those victory points might, for me, might have meant he might not have got as high as he did. And I understand tournament players might think this way, but it's like, fucking hell, man. If you're playing me in this game, it means that you're not exactly going to be winning the tournament. Because the guys that win the tournaments win every single fucking game. Um, So you've lost at least one game. Or drawn one or two games. So why be a dick about it? Um, That guy still pisses me off two years fucking later. Um, and uh, honestly, it's it's like BattleTech. There's only one person I played in BattleTech tournaments that I don't want to play ever a fucking game. I cannot stand. Same in Marvel, um, because it's a win at all cost um, mentality, or win anyway mentality, it's a that guy mentality that I have no fucking time for um, because you know, it's not fun to play players like that I mean, don't get me wrong, the next day I had three brilliant games um, 
that I really enjoyed in our one game as well, which was entertaining. But one my last game was really really close. Um, but that's because I couldn't do it. But the thing with that is I couldn't remember half the rules half the time. Even though I played with the same um, crew six games, I'm like, right, okay, so I can't do that. All oh, right, okay. Understand that now. Um, because I didn't play it enough. Um, but that's me got on air rant now um, about stuff. But this is the thing I w- also want to talk about is um, how you play the game is how you are perceived. So if you are a win at all cost player, there's lots of people that are just going to think, right, you're a dick. I don't want to play you anymore. Um, or if you know you somebody tells you alright I'm, pl- I'm playing this and then you use that to your, your advantage right that they've asked you a question right or or you've done something they've done something and you're like oh no no you can't do that um, or or I'm doing this now. right so I've revealed victory conditions or um, scheme conditions and then it's like oh no I'll cheat that that's cheap that's fucking that's like well no, you can't do that because I've already revealed that you beat me. So therefore, I'm getting those victory points. Um, but apparently, according to the um, tournament organizer, that that was fine. Which you know, I don't blame him because I don't think I explained it very well. And honestly, I'm not getting at him because he, from the way that I put it and the way the other guy put it, you know, he was right. But when I looked at it again, I'm like, well, no, actually, because I've revealed my victory, the the victory condition before um, this, you did, you you said, oh no, you haven't said, no, I'm right, okay, oh no, I'm cheating. Them. That's that's not how we play cricket, um, <laughs> as they say. Um, but I'll, I'll digress from that. Um, anyway. So games. So I have played many, many, many sets of rules, um, and I found some really good, and I've found some not so good. And then for periods, I found them fun, and then I've stopped finding them fun. Um, if you ever get to that position where you're in a, when you're playing a set of rules, and you've got to the point where you're like, I don't enjoy this anymore, um, get out of it. Find something else. I know it's easy to say it, and I know it's hard to find a group of players that might want to play another set of rules. But you've got to. This is your hobby, as much as it's anyone else's hobby. Um, and if you're not having fun, and there's no point. Excuse me, two six. Yes, yeah, so there's a, absolutely no point in you taking part in a hobby where you're not enjoying it um, but see when you feel that way the best way to go about it is find another community to go play the game in your area um, you know but um, I'm actually getting off what I was going to talk about now um, yeah what game so obviously um, I've talked about a couple of different war games that I've played, um, but 
one of the things I wanted to think of, talk about was um, your collection. Now, I'm a bit of a hoarder, um, so I have masses and masses of stuff that some of which I haven't used for years. You know, um, I, I had a plastic Catachan Imperial Guard army, which back in third edition when I got it was an actual army, and you know when I sold it, it was about five hundred points worth. Um, but I sold that this I sold that like a month ago, two months ago, something like that. Um, and obviously, you know, that's not the first of the things that I've had that I've sold. Um, I've sold some of my Malfo stuff um, because obviously it's stuff that I don't play, so I don't really want it, don't really need it. Um, but the thing is, if you're like me, gaming will, you will hoard stuff. Um, but if you stop playing a game, a lot of people, like my dad included, say, uh, you know, you're stopping playing this now, but you might want to go back and have XYZ later on in life. Yeah, I do have to think about that, but also, if you sell, I mean, I sold my Egyptians and my Vikings and my 15mm Napoleonics. I sold my 15mm Napoleonics to my dad, but, you know, um, I sold the 15mm Egyptians and um, Vikings to a mate of my dad um, as well. So, you know, I've sold them, but I've known that I don't want to... Um, you know, play this scale anymore. Don't really want to paint this scale anymore. So I'm alright with that. I'm alright with selling the stuff that I know. Right, my dystopian more stuff as well. Um, I'm not going to use another fleet. So I'm selling my Russian fleet at some point. Um, my. What you call it? Um, What's the name of them? Uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. I'm selling that, or I've sold that. I've sold the vast majority of that because I'll be honest with you, I didn't enjoy the game when it was first out. I've looked at the new rules. I'm not going to get involved in that. So it's like, well, mm. might as well sell that. Um, a lot of it I bought um, to do RPG games. And then I got Massive Darkness, and I got Zombie Side, and I got other things, and then I've got Hero Quest, and I'm thinking, an advanced Hero Quest, and I'm thinking, hmm, let me see, do I need that many goblins? No, I fucking don't. Because I've got plenty of goblins from this and that and the next thing, and it's like, well, fuck that, just sell them. Might as well. I don't need the ox. Um, if I need ox, I've got ox. Um, and that's really all I had. Apart from, you know, I had Urukai, um, and got Mordor Ops and um, Moria Goblins. Actually, have I sold the Moria Goblins? I can't remember if I've sold the Moria Goblins or not. They're in somewhere. They're, they're kicking around somewhere. If I haven't. But, you know, they're still, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, I don't need that. So, um, 
I hate when those results come up. So why not just sell them? Because I've got more than enough stuff that I need. You know, it's like when I got the Conan stuff as well. And um, when I got the Conan stuff, and I got Zombie Side, and I got um, Mass of Darkness, it's like I have no need for hero models for anything that I might play or uh, my players might play. So I can sell all this stuff. Um, I stopped playing Warhammer um, very soon after Age of Sigma. Um, so my entire Empire army, um, apart from the Knights, as get well, even some of the Knights are getting retasked to be part of a um, Imperial Guard army, like a massive Imperial Guard slash Traitor Marines, uh, Traitor Traitor Guard slash um, Gene Steeler Cult army. Um, which I'm going to be doing next year. It's going to be a whole year project. Um, so watch the space on my Instagram and my Twitter and what have you, and my YouTube, obviously. Um, so you know they're getting retasked, so they're staying. But you know there's going to be parts of it that go back into whatever game that they came from. So you know. The um, men at arms from Hero Quest, Advanced Hero Quest, will go back into Advanced Hero Quest. The heroes from Hero Quest will go back into Hero Quest. Um, all my wizards um, go back into Hero Quest from, or Advanced Hero Quest, depending on which one they came from, or if they're like not from Hero Quest, that's fine. You know, they can be used for, you know, um, like my. Jade Wizard on foot and my Amber Wizard on mount, uh, horse. So I can't remember what they are in previous editions of Warhammer, other newer editions of Warhammer, but when I thought, like the college that the part of Jade and Amber Colleges, um, they will just go into a um, pile, basically, um, of adventurers. So, you know. I'm selling stuff to make space or, or stuff that I'm not going to use ever again um, but at the same time I'm keeping stuff that I know I might never use again but I will not sell for various reasons my um, dystopian was Prussians it's my biggest fleet um, and it's the first fleet I ever finished painting it's the first First force I ever finished painting. I did stuff to add was afterwards, but first time I had ever finished painting anything in my entire life as a gamer, and but only talking about four or five years ago, three or four years ago maybe, might not even be that long ago. Um, when did I do dystopian mods like um, Carinade and Claymore? I can't remember. I think it was three years ago, but well, it'll be three years ago in August basically. So two and a half years maybe. Um, I'm keeping that it's sentimentality reasons I'm keeping that uh, I might never use it but I might use it I might play the, the new set of rules I don't know um, I haven't had to read them really but the way that they were talking about um, changing the system and changing the law I kind of got like well you've just bought the name you've not bought the actual game you've not bought the law you've bought the name in order to use it 
um, and that's annoying um, for me but you know that's beside the point entirely um, and then there is my dwarf army which I probably couldn't field an entire dwarf army for Age of Sigmar with um, I doubt it I don't think there would be that many figures um, but they are all 80s early 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 Citadel dwarfs literally there are models who are just a couple of months younger than me in that army none of it's older than me I want at one time thought maybe part of what was actually older than me but when I've actually looked back in it they're not older than me they're roughly the same age as me some of them and then obviously we're stepping into the plastic era as well for a few of them um, I own both versions of Joseph Bugman and he's Rangers well I might not own all the Rangers and own some of them from the original and I, I have the original Bugman's Dwarf Quart not the revert, not the re-release um, or the repro as they say um, so that's that has a lot to do with sentimentality but it also has to do with the fact that if I sold that army I should quite reasonably ask for three or four grand for it and I know I'm not getting it and I wouldn't sell it as single models I really wouldn't that's with it unpainted part of it is painted but I know the guy that painted them the guy that used to own them and it's nice but I would like to make it mine now because it's been like that for so long you know they've been painted for so long you know some of them have got gloss varnish on them and it's like right okay because probably gloss varnish was the only varnish you could get at the time um, but I've got to the point where I'm like um, I think actually what I'm going to do is at some point not this year not next year probably the year after I'm going to take them out I'm going to strip them and repaint them and that's going to be a big project itself as well um, because I've got cannons and I've got so much stuff there um, but also the stuff that's needing a bit of TLC um, because I was a dick when I was younger and didn't look after my shit still like that sometimes now um, but um, once that is done you know, once I've sold all that stuff, it's like I won't have that. I'm selling the stuff that I know that if I sold, I would hate myself. I'm not selling that. The other stuff, I'm like, well, I don't. I won't hate myself for not having it anymore. So, might as well get it. You know, I wouldn't sell my hero quest or advanced hero quest because I'd hate myself if I sold them. Plus, I can use them for my for RPGs. So, definitely not. Um, you know if I sold the Prussian dystopian more stuff I would hate myself for it because um, I just would because it's the first force I ever finished painting um, before I added more to it but you know that's beside the point at the time and it was a good six months in between me buying new stuff and having it finished painted um, you know that I'm quite proud of that achievement. It only took me like 20 fucking years of painting, but um, 
I won't sell my Space Wolves because I would hate myself if I did that um, I have some Space Wolves Terminators that are the original Space Wolf Terminators I have some Space Wolf Terminators that are not the original Space Wolf Terminators they're the newest ones but I look at it and I go well that's my Space Wolf army I mean don't get me wrong I do wish at some point times I, will, I had not spent as much money on them as I had um, because I bought a lot of stuff on eBay um, and then built my Horus Heresy army as well which is a space wolf army which I use in 40k as well I use my bikes in 40k I use my assault marines and uh, my jump pack marines in 40k um, along with my bikes for 40k and my jump pack marines for 40k so but my blood clothes I use one of my space wolves a mainly claw army um, for the vast majority of the time so masses of blood claws um, sky claws and swift claws um, and then you get the rest of it added in between um, but you know I won't sell that army because it's space wolves I might sell individual figures um, that I don't need or I don't want I highly doubt it. I mean, I've got tech minions from um, from Rogue Trader that have been um, reconditioned to become Iron Priests. Um, I have Iron Priests. I have two Nyal Storm Calls, but I've got one that's converted so he doesn't have the Cyber Raven, whose name escapes me at this moment in time. I don't have the Terminator one. I don't have the new... Um, what do you call him? Uh, the wolf priest. Ulfric. I don't have the new Ulfric. Um, it's Ulric. Ulric. There's one or two. I can never remember his name off the top of my head. It's shocking that. I've been playing Space Wolves my bloody entire time playing 40k. And I can't remember one of the primary bloody characters. Uh, I'm in the... In the... Um, in the lore. Or oh, has been out as long as there's been Space Wolf characters out. Um, you know, I can yeah, you can understand some of the other ones, but you would think I would not remember his name. Um, but anyway, Ulrich the Slayer. That's him, Ulrich the Slayer. I have one of the original Ulrich the Slayers. I think Mike two have two actually, but the one I've got has got a jump pack on him because I don't use him as Ulrich. Because if I was to use to have Ulrich, I would go out and buy the new one even though I think it's Fincast and I fucking hate Fincast um, but you know, there's a lot of sentimentality on the fact that there's Space Wolves and I don't want to sell Space Wolves um, and they're not, you know a lot of them are personalised by me, you know you know, I've got the heads and I've, I've made them the way that I want to make them, you know, I've got Wolf Guards that are all handcrafted by me. I've got a, a squad of Wolf Guard of ten, I think, that are ex Death Watch. Um, I've got a tech, uh, an Iron Priest who's ex Death Watch um, that I've put together myself. You know, there's a lot of because I'm an old school gamer. 
I have a lot of conversions um, in my armies that because I want to make them personal it's not just taking a bit of kit from one kit and putting it in another kit with me a lot of the time it's me taking a, a sword for here or a you know an axe for here and then pin it and, and you know that kind of thing I do that a lot it's not just in my um, space wolves it's in my necromunda stuff it's in my imperial guard stuff you know I don't do um, generic armies and you know while the way games works up are now um, you don't have strictly a generic army but there's there's only so many combinations you can put you know your cultists together with or your your marines together with so you know um, <laughs> this was really meant to be like a coherent um, wargaming podcast but um, it, it, I'll admit it has got a wee bit off kilter a few times for me and I've have ranted a little bit but um, you know there are many many war games for different periods, different styles of play, different you know you know they take sci-fi and fantasy as a period when you talk about wargaming. Um so they they are sort of uh a period I would suppose but you know I'd say right now in wargaming there's a couple of big companies um, that are doing lots of good things. Um, Games Workshop, obviously the biggie. Um, oof, excuse me. You know they do all their own stuff. You know, and they're all they're the they're the granddaddy of gaming, really. You know the big poobas, the top boys, make lots and lots of money. Uh, shared it with our staff last year, or from last year, all the pro- well, not all the profits, but a portion of the profits was shared with the staff from last year. So they're doing well, uh, and it's nice to see. Uh, there, there were times in my life where I, I wished them ill, but you know that was stupid and childish, and it's like, oh, this is way too much money. It's too expensive for me to play these games anymore. Um, and I know people that go, oh, they're going to price themselves out of the market, but they haven't yet. They haven't yet, and I doubt it's going to happen anytime soon. But there's them. Um, you've got Warlord Games. Um, obviously, Warlord have a, a um, good stable of games for themselves. And they've also got some licenses. Um, so they're doing quite well. And then Mantic Games, um, they are also doing very well. Um, you know, the, okay, they've got Kings of War and um, the Dead Zone games. Is it Dread Dead Zone? I think it's Dead Zone. Um, obviously, they're doing very well um, for themselves, and that's that's just UK companies, um, big UK companies. Um, I'm sure there are big US companies and big European companies, um, but off the top of my head, they're not. Um, I can't remember any of them um, but also you know you've got a number of smaller companies that are doing quite well Harvest Belly with Infinity um, I've got to say superb figures um, very very nice figures that they do and even though I'm a, a dick and can't figure their games around 
um, the game very well. Um, I, I think once I'll actually get it in my head um, and get it right, I will enjoy it. Because, I mean, I still had fun yesterday, even though it was brutal. I, I got brutalised in that game. My younger brother, actually, he was sitting watching it. Like, it was absolutely brutal watching you do that, watching you play that, um, which is fine. But um, they're doing quite well. Two fat lardies um, do chain of command. Uh, is it what's that tanker? Or I can't remember. Um, chain of command, chat practice, and uh, another game whose name actually escapes me. Um, so they're smaller companies. Um, Saga done by Grip and Beast. I don't know how big Grip and Beast is. But, you know, they seem to be, you know, concentrated on Saga. Um, but, that's, you know, that's the one game, really, I think. Um, but then, you know, you've got lots and lots and lots of different small manufacturers or writers of war games um, around the world. Um, oh, Wayland. I did talk about dystopian wars being taken over by them, uh, Wild West Exodus as well, so they're building up their stable of games, even though I might have issues of what they're doing with it, it's nice to see, um, it's nice to see them bringing licenses in that might have been completely lost, had not they not picked them up, um, I know with Battletech um, and Shadowrun and Renegade, I mean, Renegade Legion wasn't picked up by um, WizKids, I don't think. Uh, off the top of my head, I think the, that's a, that gets um, done by the community now still. Um, the, the rules are still running about, I think. Um, but there is quite a lot of games that have been released over the years that were really popular back when they first came out. Um, Silent Death you know, by Crown Industries. Um, you know, I had one of the last box sets of that, I think. Um, you know, it was a ship combat game. But, you know, Crown Industries went under um, and it wasn't really saved that well at, at all. Um, and then you get Babylon 5. Agents of Gaming went under, I think. I'm not sure. Or they lost the licence. Um, and, you know that went dead, you know, there's loads of games that I've played over the years that have had a fall and then died and disappeared and, you know the thing is if it's got a good enough backing, a good enough you know gaming um, gamer I suppose, my brain has just had a bit of a shot again um, so it's a big enough gamer base then there's going to be ways of keeping it alive um, but I think um, I mean that's why Malifaux I think has been um, very successful um, because they've supported it you know um, weird they never really had anything else they had like little other games and you know this that and the next thing but Malfo was the big one that supported like the big game 
and it's been well supported and you know they're doing third edition now um, so you know they're learning um, from what I've heard from the new rules they're quite streamlined so it's not as you know difficult as it used to be to try and keep track of everything which is nice to see because I have had that problem with bringing new players into Marvel and that you know is trying to remember this and that and the next thing my dad has that problem kind of keep track of all his um, upgrades and stuff sometimes I can't either I forget um, that I've got this and I'm like oh, shit, I should have used that um, but um, you know the support and the player base as long as it's there a game will more, more than likely survive pretty much anything um, I mean Battletech for Christ's sake Battletech is what same age as me I think so it's 35 I believe maybe maybe younger than that but I'm pretty sure it's about the same age as me um, and that has survived FASA going under it has survived years of not being anywhere not being pushed it survived the unseen reseen debacle it survived fucking Harmony Gold being the dicks that they are um, it survived so much and it's still there it's still going um, survived mismanagement at times I've got to say um, mishandling of it but it's had the player base and it has been supported to some extent for most of the time that it's been around um, by at least the guys that created it like um, Randall Bills and th- those guys, you know. So they've been there. They've been they've been active parts of the community and trying to go trying to keep the game alive because they love the game. Um, and obviously the player base is passionate, um, which is one of the reasons I think Games Workshop, despite um, the price rises and everything that people always complain about, um, dumbing down the rules, this that next thing, there's always been the fan base that's kept it alive. Um, and always been I mean I know there is the the rabid fans that go nuts and burn their collection on YouTube instead of selling the damn things for lots and lots of money or keeping hold of it and being a rational fucking human being um, you all know who you are fucking not cases that did that um, when you know sets rules I mean Age of Sigmar came about and people bumped the bloody collections it's like what the fuck you absolute moron um, but you know these things you know changes in rules major changes in how games play will the game will survive if the player base is rational enough to think well this might bring in new players this might make it more fun this might actually improve it um, which I, I think to be honest the way that 40k and Warhammer were going um, before end times and before the revamp of 40k and Age of Sigmar coming around they were both getting a wee bit much um, I played um, competition gamers in several different editions of both 40k and Warhammer and there were, a bit, there were chances that you would beat them in the earlier editions that weren't there 
in the later editions I found that um, playing competition 40k players playing competition Warhammer players from early on and later on I found that was the you know because they went and had so many games of the you know there was balance in the earlier editions that were nowhere near um, there in the newer editions I know people have got issues with Age of Sigmar and with um, Warhammer 40k and that sometimes somebody can get tabled before in 40k somebody can get tabled before they even get to play any of the units that move your units or shoot their units but to be honest with you that's been there since the fucking beginning it wasn't there you know it's, it's, it's a possible thing pretty much since the beginning you would have your turn you know, you would get first player turn and you would beat your opponent in the first turn. It's happened. I've done it. I did it in fucking second edition and third edition of 40k. Um, and I did it in fourth edition of Warhammer. And I mean, it happens. Shit, I mean, both gun lines for fuck's sake have not exactly been, are not exactly new. I think they came out in fourth edition having dwarf gun lines. And dwarf gun lines, if, you know, you hit enough figures in a bloody, um, Orc army, you know, by the time their turn comes round, you know, you hit the right figures, everyone's going to run like fuck. It happens. It's not an, a new thing. It's more um, prevalent in the earlier version, earlier parts of the new edition of 40k until start, things starting getting rebalanced. I think it's less and less now. Um, but at the same time if your opponent doesn't manage to wipe you in the first turn you've, you've got the opportunity to wipe them in your first turn so it's not it's not a, a massive change from p the past in that but I do think the armies have been rebalanced I think that people are trying to unbalance them as much as they can and doing super armies again um, or they're trying to break this and that and the next thing and you know okay on you go but GW have already rebalanced things um, so things that have happened in tournaments over the last year more things have you know the, the 500 point was it even 500 points um, Imperial Guard Army and like a uh, Space Marine a detachment or attached to a Space Marine Army that's a, a command point sink you know as I can it's, it's for building up regenerating command points and stuff it's like well okay so well we'll fix that which they've done that or they've tried to do that I don't know whether it's worked it or not but you know that kind of thing is being rebalanced and redressed every year it might go on for a year but then it'll stop and, and people will find other ways to try and break things but it's, that's that's what people do that's what that's what tournament players do a lot of the time they, they try and find the best cheesy um, game breaking army that they can find uh, to win tournaments you know these things come from win at all cost players and new players see it and go oh that wins games they try it 
The reason that it works for this particular person is because they've drilled this army so many times that they know it works. And people lose games with these with these I mean I played them against one. Can't remember who it was. But that's that's what they did and it's like okay. That's fine. You've got all these here's my space wolves that are a hundred percent space wolves. Um and I beat them. Because you know I got my blood claws and my sky claws and my swift claws in a combat quick as fuck with the wolf guards and the wolf lord and my wolf priest and it's like well there you go they're in close combat they're all basically going up the line and smashing the shit out of things you know because they're designed to work together whereas you know you lose all those command points you're a bit fucked for what you want to do. I'm not. I don't use the command points that much. Don't need them that much. I know how to play my army. I've been playing it often. I've played it often enough. Um, I played it in 7th edition, essentially, and I played it in 2nd and 3rd. Though it wasn't quite the way that it is now. Because, because of various reasons. But, you know, I've always been very close combat oriented Space Wolves. So... I'm not playing <laughs> in a very different army to what I've always played, so I know what works, and I know what, what I knew what worked in this edition, what worked in that edition, what worked in the current edition, or I'm figuring it out anyway. So it's you know, it gets redressed, balance is restored eventually. So don't worry about it. Um, I think that was another rant. This has been a very ranty episode, I've got to say. Um, but yeah, you know, if you want to play a set of rules, really, wargaming wise, just play it. Support it. Spend your money when you can. It's, it's the only way to keep it alive, is for the player base to keep it alive. It's not entirely up to the, the company. Though they have a hand in it, they have to support it themselves. They have to. I mean, that's what happened with Spartan. They kept on bringing new project after new project after new project out. I know I've said it before, but support your damn game. If you're an indie developer of a board game or a war game or a, an RPG, support it like fuck. Um, don't just go, oh, I've got this idea and I've got that idea, I'll put it out there. And don't give it any support medium sized companies support, support, support big companies support, support, support release this to all the stuff you want but support everything um, and as I said same with the players um, this was meant to be very coherent of a, a subject for today but I don't think it has been that I mean I'm, I know I haven't talked a lot about wargaming and particular wargames um, but you know I think it's also been quite a bit of a rant episode um, which is not unusual for me I've got to say um, but I'll have to sit back and listen to this again and see whether or not it's um, <laughs> there's too much ranting for me to release it um, it might be that the podcast was never released because I ranted so much and didn't talk really about what I was meant to be talking about 
Um, but you know, you will hear this if I do release it. I know I am a complete utter twat sometimes. Uh, and overthink things a lot. I rant a lot. Um, but anyway, so if you have enjoyed this episode and enjoyed me hearing me rant like a crazy person, um, like it, share it, subscribe it, rate it, whatever, comment it on it, um, do what you like. Um, tell people about the podcast. Um, you know, this is how it keeps it going let people know let people listen to themselves and hear how crazy a Scotsman I really am um, so right now I don't know which um, raffle is ongoing it's one of two it's either a Napoleonic one where I'm putting together the um, display board or diorama um, and the figures are getting put on it uh, so these are playable figures that you can take out the base uh, the diorama base and use them in um, in the video I said or the first video I said chain of command but it's sharp practice um, so there's two units of infantry one is light infantry one is um, line infantry for the Scots Guard there is an officer a sergeant and a drummer there might be a colour flag bearer but I'm not 100% sure on that one yet and then there's an artillery piece with crew and limbo um, or it is Lieutenant Kelsius oh I said it without saying Captain Kelsius for once, I always say Captain Kelsius um, for some strange reason I got it in my head that it wasn't but it was a, not a lieutenant, it was a captain but it's a lieutenant anyway um, so it's one of those two um, if you go to my coffee account where the link is on the um, website page which is yogi dave's pod, uh, yogidaveshobby.podient.co um, there's a link to my coffee account there um, you buy a coffee you enter the raffle you can win uh, and it'll tell you which particular raffle it is um, so it's either uh, Captain Calcius, which I painted and put on a display base, um, which you can see on my Instagram, um, or I uh, is a uh, um, Napoleonic British um, diorama, which you can see the work in progress uh, videos on my YouTube, um, which is Yogi Dave's Hobby Corner. Um, oh, what else is there? Um, if you want to um, follow me on Twitter, uh, there's a Twitter link on the website. Um, if you want me to do a commission for you, painting wise, I'm not doing terrain right now because um, it is time consuming as fuck um, to do that. Um, and I've got so many projects on the run at the moment as is. Um, uh, but uh, that is my Facebook page which is I think there's a link on the website if not give me an email at yogidaveshobbycorner.com well, <laughs> at gmail.com or my other email address davidjmu at yahoo.co.uk um, it's my two email addresses 
honestly, if you want to talk to me about the podcast or the YouTube channel, email me at Yogi Dave. If you want me to do commissions or what have you, email me at DavidGMU. Uh, yeah, um, it, it helps me keep things separate. Um, I think that's it for the day. Um, I'm going to say good day and a happy hobby.